Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I would love to see us as a city, as a collective, honor and remember those neighborhoods, confront the reality of urban removal, more historic markers or some kind of trail or some kind of you know, park. I would just like to see us uh, embrace the reality of what happened and find a way to honor that. So I don't know if I am a perfectionist or a pessimist. But I always feel like things could be a little bit better. I don't, you know, I I love living in Knoxville. I love living specifically in South Knoxville. Um, but there's always, you know, something that can improve about the neighborhood. It's never going to be perfect. And you know, while I don't want to sound pessimistic today, I do want to talk about some of the biggest opportunities that I see and that you see in uh, in and around downtown Knoxville neighborhoods. Just to just ways to improve. Um, the great neighborhoods that already exist there. Uh, I'm Ryan Willis, urban life writer at Knox News, and as I mentioned, South Knoxville resident, and joined here by Brenna McDermott, growth and development editor at Knox News. And so we're going to talk about um, the immediate downtown area, but also some of the urban neighborhoods that are immediately around downtown. So that's going to be, you know, your Severe Avenue, your Old North Knox, your, uh, I think we'll even get into Cumberland and, and Fort Sanders, um, you know, a neighborhood that's often forgotten about because it's just college students for the most part, but an important neighborhood nonetheless. But before we get started, I need to remind everyone that the scruffy stuff is brought to you by KnoxNews.com, where you can find everything we discuss here on the show and more. Knox News relies on support from readers and listeners like yourself to provide you compelling stories from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. Subscribers get an all-access pass to all of our premium, exclusive content. And to become a subscriber, it's easy. Just visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offer and sign up today. Ryan, I think you positioned us to be perfectionists, not pessimists, because you're you're prompting us to talk about opportunities for improvement. We're not ragging on any neighborhoods here. We're just talking about what could be even better. Yeah, and if you're okay with it, a uh, little bit of a recency bias. I just came over here from South Knoxville to the podcast studio, passed some things along the way that I think might be worth talking about. So let's go ahead and start there in South Knoxville. Um, yeah, I just reported yesterday uh, about some new townhomes that are coming on uh, Island Home Avenue. It's going to sort of connect this Island Home neighborhood and this Severe Avenue neighborhood. And one of the big things uh, that they're bringing as part of that is 11 on-street parking spaces for the public, which sounds like, oh, 11 spots, whoop-de-doo. 11 is is a lot for that area that has hardly any parking except for along Sutry Landing Park. I'm going to say parking is something that's really needed over there. Um, and don't ask me, just ask the neighbors that live there immediately in the Severe Avenue Business District. Uh, a while back, they had to switch to permit-only parking if you lived in that neighborhood because there were so many cars just swarming over there on Friday nights and Saturday nights, Sunday afternoons to go to breweries. 
and they were blocking driveways. Residents said blocking alleyways. And I've seen it too. I mean, you know, you're you're going to High Wire Brewery on a Friday night, and you're parking at South Knoxville Elementary School and walking across the street. It's just weird, you know. It's there's there's parking available down at the park, but people don't want to walk there sometimes. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean, there's a few empty lots along Severe Avenue that I think could be turned into public parking, but that's a long process where you have to, you know, the city would have to purchase those lots and convert it, and that's you know that's 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 difficult. So um, I don't know what the answer is. But parking is the problem. Certainly public parking would be the best solution. Even private parking. When you look downtown, there are a lot of lots available that you pay more. You pay a premium to park in private lots. But it would certainly help. I think from a business perspective, you want it to be as easy as possible for customers to uh, come to South Knoxville on Severe Ave to know exactly where they're going to park and then to be able to to walk to your business. I think people are willing to walk. I think a lot of people just get to Severe Ave and just have no idea where to park. And then by the time they find a parking spot, they're frustrated or maybe they just turn around because they can't find one on a Saturday night. Right. And, you know, private parking even, like I'm trying to, you know, I don't know who owns this lot right now, but the lot right next is simple on Severe. There's a big, you know, grassy area there. Imagine that got turned into private parking, right? I think even having private parking could potentially encourage people to utilize public parking that they might not normally use like down at Century Landing Park like if you drive all the way down there get to the private parking lot maybe it's full maybe it's a little too expensive maybe there's some signs that say public parking you know down at Century Landing Park I think people just need to know that there's parking options to go down there and once you know they get down there you know, maybe they'll you know explore some of the options that are around I mean even the guys that are bringing the townhomes over to Island Home Avenue told me they're like you know I love Sevier Avenue I love South Knoxville that's Part of the reason why we're building this over here, but I only get down there like once a month, and the parking is the big problem for me. So it's an issue, um, an issue not so much for um, not so much for neighbors now, as far as the neighborhood goes, but for people that are coming outside into the neighborhood, which can then cause a problem for neighbors. You know, sort of secondhand struggle there. But um, what did you have? I mean, did you come up? Well, one more thought on that is I think the the Severe Avenue Merchants Association could take a page from downtown Knoxville's book. I think the downtown uh, Knoxville Association has done a great job of compiling all the parking resources. Everything you could ever want to know about where to park and when downtown is available on their website downtownknoxville.org down to how many parking spaces are available in each garage now south knoxville doesn't need to get that elaborate but if you had a hub for parking information a map a number of spaces best time to come and park i think that would be useful yeah and some south knoxville businesses do this already but even more of just promoting it on you know love to see Alliance Brewing Company on their on their social media saying, hey, we're open from these hours and here's where to park. Um, you know, some of them do that already, but I think that you need that constant reminder, especially as this area starts to grow and more people become interested in yeah. coming down to South Knoxville and exploring. So when I think about Severe Avenue, there are a couple of blocks that I think feel like half a neighborhood. When you think about Honeybee, the north side of Severe Avenue in that block is kind of blank. It feels empty. I think what we need to think about next for Severe is how do you make it a more holistic neighborhood feel, redevelop or, or knock down buildings and and build, you know, whether it's apartments or multi-use or retail or commercial. And they don't have to be tall. They, they should fit in with the feel of the neighborhood. But I think there are certain parts of the street that feel like half 
of a neighborhood. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, a big part of that, the, the riverfront is an amenity, right, for South Knoxville. But at the same time, it's also a little bit of a burden. It's, it, it's you know, a little bit more difficult to develop for, for private developers to come in and take on a piece of riverfront property. But also, people that have that riverfront property right now, which if you go back and read a story I wrote, I don't know, a month ago on, you know, uh, the, the future of the downtown Knoxville and South Knoxville waterfront, um, it's a lot of industrial uses right now that if, you know, they're in no rush to sell it's probably worth their while to hold on to that property for a little while um, before you know they're willing to sell it and to you know a developer that wants to come in and put apartments or something up because that value is only going to go up. South Knoxville is you know an exciting, growing neighborhood, and some of those empty lots, I think, you know, are just people not willing to budge. I mean, you got Holston Gases down there. You got um, where these townhomes are. There's a kudzu. I always call it the kudzu lot right across the street. I mean, we'll see what happens with that, but. Um, yeah, it does. It does feel disconnected. I hate to keep bringing back up my own story, tooting my own horn here, but the the island home townhomes is is a perfect example of a missing section, right? I mean, you go Alliance Brewing Company, um, and then you go Trailhead. If you go down Island Home Avenue, then there's a little bit of nothing until you get to Print Shop, and you even have the James White Parkway that sort of divides over there. Then you have some apartments on the river, and then Island Home neighborhood eventually down there on the other end, and there's nothing in between. There's like, you know, I feel like Island Home and and Severe Avenue could really be one neighborhood, but they, everything just feels a little disconnected because of those empty lots and empty spaces that you mentioned. And then the other thing I think would be so much fun in that neighborhood is a really cool, funky boutique hotel. Something that's um, small, upscale, going to draw in you know visitors from all over the country, people who want to stay in a really nice, unusual place, but then go mountain biking and hiking and kayaking during the day and then go have some awesome brews at night. Right. And not exactly in Severe Avenue, but Baker Creek Bottoms. I know that was a, you know, talks there and that project has been delayed. Um, but I think a hotel was part of those plans there. So I think people see value in that. Um, you know, untapped potential of the urban wilderness. Already, we're already tapping into it, but I guess we could be probably tapping into it a lot more um, with something like that. So, um, so that's South Knoxville. I think we should probably just go directionally around the city and then you know end with sort of the core. Um, so we went south. Let's go ahead and head north to uh, Old North Knox, and I'll throw Fourth and Gill neighborhood in there too. Um, but what do you have as far as uh, you know? What improvement you think could take that neighborhood to the next level? I think of this neighborhood as, like like South Knoxville, very outdoorsy, um, active neighborhood. Uh, You see people biking all the time. Um, Same kind of vibe with just such a strong beer scene. And looking at the map, um, you know, from an aerial perspective, there's just not a lot of green space that isn't cemetery. You've got and Knoxville National Cemetery, Old Gray Cemetery. I think it would be uh, nice to have a little pocket park uh, or or think big. You know, it seems like prime frolfing area, too. I, I think a lot of people who live in Old North Knox frolf, don't you? I'm ashamed to admit I don't know what that means. You don't know what frolfing is? Frisbee golf? D- disc golf? Yeah. I've never heard frothing before. <laughs> uh, they look like they would disc golf, yes. It, it, and it's not even the lack of green space. It's the abundance of concrete for me. Mm. I mean, if you you know, it's like you go down there to like where the central filling station is, and it just looks like sidewalk turns into concrete food truck park, turns into sidewalk, and it's just like a bunch. And then you got the construction going on, a yeehaw behind it, which makes it even seem like more concrete and gravel. And um, 
good news is that would include some green space given it is private land. But, you know, I, I, from what I understand, there's going to be a nice grassy outdoor area there. Maybe fake grass. I don't know. Some fast. Uh, but turf. <laughs> turf. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you completely. I, it, it feels like a little bit of a concrete jungle. Minus the jungle, because there's no green. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, I have uh, apartment living. Um, it's already a great neighborhood. Fourth and Gill and Old North Knox, or I know people that live over there, and I've heard you know great reviews about what it's like to live over there and the sense of community there, similar to what I've heard and experienced myself in South Knoxville. Um, but right now, it's a lot of homes, a lot of on-street parking, um, and hardly any apartments. Right, and I think a lot of people want to move over there, but unless you're ready to buy a home, or which, or unless you want to rent a home, um, which you know for longtime neighbors is a little bit of a shock over the years. This interest all of a sudden in this old North Knox area, you know, people coming in and and flooding into this area that has been a neighborhood for so long. I think a, a, a nice solution to get more people over there, not overflow the neighborhood. Um, would be you know some apartment living, and there's plenty of room for it. I'm surprised there's not been a development over there yet. There is one coming, sort of catty corner to um, the Yeehaw development. There's that church there um, that Buzz Goss from, um, he's the one that did Marble City, uh, or sorry, Marble Alley Lofts, a lot of other downtown projects was involved with Sturkey um, early on. But um, you know he's doing some, uh, con- or not condos, some apartments with parking, which is huge too. So um, like South Knoxville, there's, there's not... Um, there's not much parking over there. People do seem a little bit more willing to walk, though. I think, you know, the health department building after hours gets a lot of people over there, and people can walk around. It's a little more condensed. It's not as far away as such a landing park is from the business district, but apartments with parking. That's what I think is needed over there. I mean, I think that could be an answer for every single neighborhood we're talking about. We as a city have to get past this idea that every home we build has to be a standalone home with a yard. Because we have, we don't have any homes available. We don't have enough homes for people who are moving here and living here. Uh, so some some townhomes, some duplexes, some multifamily, uh, sorely needed. And um, I think it would add a lot to the downtown dynamic. Yeah, and downtown's done a good job of that. I mean, we talk about mixed use developments and we'll get to those here in a little bit, but I mean, there's opportunities for mixed use, um, you know, on, on, uh, the North Knox neighborhood as well. Uh, but heading East, um, I don't know what to call this neighborhood. It's not what people traditionally think of as East Knoxville. I'm going to call it downtown East, the, the area immediately East of downtown. You guessed it. Um, there are two things that really stand out to me about, um, again, what I'm calling downtown East. One of those is just the disconnect. Um, and I think one answer to that is going to happen is the baseball stadium. I know uh, that Randy Boyd and the developers there have this vision for how this baseball stadium, multi-use stadium, I should say, could connect East Knoxville uh, to downtown in a way that's been um, missing for quite some time. Uh, just you know, having that on the eastern edge of downtown and getting people familiar with that side of downtown, making it easy for people to come into the city and you know participate in baseball or free events or just walk around the stadium. I think that'll be big. But the other thing is is just um, how close – you know where Last Days of Autumn Brewing is? That's mm-hmm. on on Magnolia over there. That area sort of opens up into the, the streetscaped uh, Magnolia where there's likewise coffee. There's some other um, businesses over there. Really um, an area that could – 
that kind of resembles in some ways Old North Knox, and it's very close to it, but it's so disconnected. And I would love to see some sort of connection, whether that's, you know, if you think about where Last Days of Autumn is, there's that long bridge that's like right next to it that sort of gets you into the Magnolia streetscape corridor. I would like to see something, some sort of sign, maybe something that goes over the bridge, East Knoxville. I don't know if you've been to, I think it's, yeah, Bristol. They got the big mm. bridge over, I think it says Bristol on it. I don't know what it says. It's got something written in lights, you know, just something nice that lets you know that, hey, this downtown does not stop here. And with that, I'd like to see, you know, uh, people do a better job of when you're talking about urban Knoxville businesses. A lot of times, you know, even places that focus on downtown, including this podcast, we talk a lot about Old North Knox. We talk a lot about Severe Avenue. I'd like to see everybody sort of, you know, start to talk about East Knoxville or downtown East, I should say, in that same way, because it's just as close to downtown as Fourth and Gill, Old North Knox is. And it doesn't get talked about nearly enough. So I think just a better job of connecting that to the rest of downtown, not even to downtown, but connecting it to Old North Knox. I think it makes more sense to have a connection there, some similarities in those neighborhoods. And I think it's going to be a place we see some growth, especially now that that streetscape work has been done. A few businesses have opened up. And I think um, connecting that could be a big opportunity for the city. I think one of the things we don't talk about enough as a city is urban removal and how the city systemically tore down historically black neighborhoods, historically black prosperous neighborhoods uh, to make way for what they deem to be essential development of the James White Parkway. And I would love to see us as a city, as a collective, find ways to honor and remember those neighborhoods, confront the reality of urban removal and that um, the city of Knoxville did something that destroyed lives and destroyed um, businesses. And uh, whether that's, you know, more historic markers or some kind of trail or some kind of, you know, park that has art honoring, you know, the what was lost. Um, I would just like to see us uh, embrace the reality of what happened and, and, find a way to honor that more than we do. We've not nearly done enough. No, I agree with that. And, you know, the PR folks behind uh, urban removal, you know, have called it urban renewal. Um, This would be actually urban renewal. This would be, you know, an opportunity Mm. to um, really, you know, start new and and while still remembering everything that's happened in the past. I I have an idea for sort of what you're talking about, but it's for another section. So we're going to save it later on. Um, before we get over there, um, let's, let's go to, like I said, we're, let's do directionally. Then we'll go into the center of the city. Um, downtown West. No, not downtown West. That's actually a place, uh, West of downtown Cumberland Avenue, um, and Fort Sanders. What jumps out to you? Every time I'm driving down Cumberland, I feel claustrophobic. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It is not. A pleasant place to be. I don't feel like it's welcoming. Um, it's not comfortable. So one thing I think that could help with that is, you know, I'm kind of beating a dead horse with the green space thing, but maybe it's not green space. Maybe it's um, just designing whatever development is to come, whether it's apartments, multifamily, um, mixed use. Let's think about how we're designing this street holistically so that it doesn't feel like the 
buildings are going to collapse in on you. I agree. And it's, it's, you know, the reason they did that whole streetscape, right? I mean, part of the a big part of the, the, the thought behind that is let's make Cumberland Avenue more walkable, less drivable. It doesn't need to be a highway going through campus. It should be a place where people can walk. But you know my beef with Cumberland Avenue. I think we've talked about it a long time. It just is, it's, does not feel local whatsoever. It does not have much character to it. For a college campus, it could be a whole lot more than what it is. It's either, you know, it's either, you know, fast food or Verizon stores or Walgreens or a CVS or, you know, a bar that's just there for the purpose of serving drinks and no character to it at all. Sorry. Um, so the problem is, is if you make it more walkable, great, but nobody wants to really walk around over there. Like you have to like drive to like get downtown. You have to um, drive to go get groceries. I mean, Publix is close, but I still would not want to carry my groceries from Publix all the way down back to my apartment on on Cumberland. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, part of the claustrophobia of, uh, the whole situation too, is just, it's a college campus, right? The kids are out. They're having a good time. <laughs> They're not paying attention to their surroundings. Mm. They're college kids. I don't I'm not gonna, I'm no, bl- I'm not gonna blame them. Um, but they cross a lot in front of they like there's some different sort of species. They they're always crossing in front of, of cars and stuff. This is a simple thing, but I would love to see just at the crosswalks a little flashing crosswalk. Mm. I, I sound like an old man now, but like I really These dang kids. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's like I get I get nervous driving. I can't imagine how some people get. Like I drive down there a lot. Like going down there for the first time, and you know people are crossing, and it's not well lit. Honestly, down if you've been down to Cumberland Avenue at night, it's not the brightest area. So yeah, it's just a nice little flashing crosswalk would be nice. My uh, that's just my side note. My main answer is uh, local businesses though, which I've kind of already talked about. I mean, I just think there needs to be a little bit more character down there. Um, but then again, you know, I don't know if college kids think that and that's who the target is. So maybe not. I, I don't know. Well, I was about to say, Ryan, I think you're going to remain disappointed in that respect because while I do think there's going to continue to be a lot of redevelopment, you're going to see some of those old squat buildings with the Verizons and whatnot being torn down uh, and multifamily with uh, commercial will take its place, but you're going to see chains, chains, and more chains. There's people moving to the university from all over the country who don't have any, you know, identity or or care about what's local to Knoxville. I think uh, chains want to be where college kids are at. Maybe not TGI Fridays, but you're going to see. More chains, maybe more upscale, maybe more exciting, um, but that's well, not going away. Yeah, I mean that's true, but also at the same time, I mean, think about how cool it would be if you're a, a you have this nice business concept to put in something to be the first one to put in something fresh over there on Cumberland Avenue. I don't know. I mean, the chains are just all competing with themselves, and I, it, I think it'd be nice to have s- something local over there. But you know, we can all dream. Um, and yeah, and that goes. Uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up too. You mentioned the change and the, and the mixed use. That's always one concern that I do have with mixed use is that they're built out like as these shell spaces. It's hard to put character on them. Like there's some mixed use downtown that are just that's just natural mixed use. We have these historic buildings that you know ha- makes sense to have. Uh, they they just have unique, especially on Gay Street, like unique um, layouts on on their ground floor because they were either you know department stores in the past or they were banks or whatever and so mixed use downtown looks different than building mixed use from scratch which is something we talked about recently on the 200 block of gay street episode and it was one of my concerns there is that if you build mixed use 
you build out shell spaces on the ground level, like it lends itself nicely to chains that could just fill a space. And so, um, yeah, I, I get that being sort of difficult on Cumberland Avenue too to do much locally if that's the architecture and design of what you're going for down there. But um, anywho, also Cumberland doesn't have the architectural heritage that downtown has. Like, there's nothing right. worth preserving. <laughs> wow. So this is where the pessimism <laughs> comes in. Um, anyway, Sharing some hard truths today. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Old City and the 100 block of Gate Street. I'm going to lump those two together, but I have some um, things specific to each one of those that I want to talk about, as well as just what I'm going to call downtown core. I, I don't know. The, the, the heart of Gate Street, Market Square, the whole area, you know, in the center of the city. What are the opportunities that we see there? That's what we're talking about when we come back. Stick with us. Hey, I'm Silas Sloan, growth and development reporter at Knox News. You can keep up with my work at knoxnews.com, where I report on real estate, major employers, and cool business news. Also, come say hello in the Urban Knoxville Facebook group, where I share my work and where you can join in on the downtown discussion. So Old City and the 100 block of Gay Street. We talked about the 200 block um, just a second ago, referencing a podcast we did a couple weeks ago. And on that podcast, we talked about how developing the 200 block could potentially make the 200 block and the 100 block sort of its own district uh, for a long time, you know, still now. I think 100 block kind of is its own district, but people sort of lumping in with Old City. And, you know, I'm going to do the exact same thing here. Uh, Old City, 100 block. Um, I think it deserves its own conversation. It is very heavy residential. It is probably the most neighborhoody neighborhood in downtown Knoxville. Um, and one thing that I would love to see is just a little bit more of a cleanup plan. It, mainly I'm talking about old city. Um, I talked to somebody recently that owns a business down there and they talk about every Saturday morning they come in, there's broken glass in front of their, uh, front of their doorstep. There's you know, just trash everywhere. Pizza slices laying on the ground. Um, you know, the city does a great job for the most part of keeping the core of downtown clean along Gay Street. But down in Old City, I think it needs just a little bit more of an action plan to because there is a lot of bars and a lot of clubs. And, you know, for the people that are going bar hopping and clubbing, like it's OK to see a slice of pizza laying on the ground. But I think people forget that there's also a lot of neighbors over there, too. Um, and it's just, you know, especially and I think we probably will see more of that, especially once the stadium starts to move along and that area becomes you know, rejuvenated, revitalized even more. Um, but it just feels a little bit dirty over there. We are the scruffy city, though. So can I really complain? I don't know. We're not the dirty city, Ryan. We're, that's true. Yeah. But it is it does feel like the scruffiest part of town. And I think when people say, oh, we're not the scruffy city, I always point to old city as an example. So I don't want it to be too clean. I don't want it to be sterile. But I do want it to, you know. It's a neighborhood still. So um, my other big thing, and this is related to what you talked about uh, with East Knoxville and urban removal, um, some sort of monument or something or some sort of, you know, way to honor uh, everything that was lost. Uh, the James White Parkway overpass in Old City. I've always talked about how that um, area is just really dark, a little bit intimidating for people that are maybe going to the Old City for the first time. It feels like you're not supposed to park there. Or you feel like your car is going to get broken into, even though I've never had any problems. But it's always dark. I would love to light that up somehow. Make it really welcoming. And when you do that, maybe you incorporate some of what you were talking about. I think that would be a great place for something. Because you talk James White Parkway really is the reason that all of that stuff happened. That's the most popular area to park in Old City. A lot of people are there. 
It's probably the most well-known part of James White Parkway. Maybe light it up. Do some of what you were talking about down there, especially that's going to be so close to the baseball stadium and the whole, you know, part of the mission behind the baseball stadium is to, in some ways, make amends for that, right? I mean, they're talking about, you know, this this community in East Knoxville that has, you know, just had opportunities taken from them and trying to give them more opportunities with the construction of the stadium and with jobs. I think that would be a perfect area um, to do sort of what you were talking about and also just make it seem a little bit more welcoming over there. And I think you can preserve that scruffy city feeling that you were talking about while also having good lighting that makes people feel comfortable and makes people feel like they can park there. I think if you're new to Knoxville or you're going down to the old city for the first time and you see this lot, you there's sort of an instinctual feeling that maybe you're not supposed to be there or like maybe it's private parking or something. So I think lighting could go a long way. And when I say lighting, I don't mean just like brighter lights. Right. I'm talking about like actual like colored light, like make Ooh. it look artsy. Like mm. I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying whenever I'm talking about, you know, doing sort of what you were talking about with um, having, you know, some sort of, um, you know, way of honoring everything that was lost and remembering what was lost. Um, make the lights interesting. Light them up different colors. Have them like little pockets of light, little, you know, like a little, like a little mini light show. You know, you have it across the mm. Henley, the Henley Bridge, you know, how they just have those lights are just for show. Do something you know, like that underneath the bridge. Light the bridge up um, so people can also see, but also it looks welcoming and cool and still scruffy. I mean, scruffy, we've talked about, could mean artsy, so do a little artsy light thing going on down there. I that'd like be, it. would be nice. Have you ever been to the beach? And <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you see the, the big, tall pole that has all the arrows on it that says, like, Washington D.C. a thousand miles, <laughs> right. Bermuda five hundred miles, and yeah. the, the the arrows all go up the pole, and they're different colors. And they have them at Hobby Lobby too. Oh well, you need to get you one. I'll for your house. <laughs> Let's pause this recording. I'll leave immediately. I think that the corner of Gay Street and Jackson needs a pole with a bunch of arrows. Okay. So that whether if you're coming up Jackson from the old city, you can see like, oh, there are these arrows that are telling me all this stuff that's on the hundred block of Gay Street. So when I turn, here's all the things I can get excited about and head towards or vice versa. If you're in the hundred block and you're not familiar with Knoxville, you might not know that if I turn down what looks like an alley, I, there's the old city right in front of me and there's restaurants and shops and bars I just think there's. it might not have to be the beach pole idea. Maybe that's cheesy. But something that better connects those two right at that intersection. Yeah, I, I think they tried, especially when the... When, I think it was when the Jackson Avenue ramps were coming down. They did that mural there on the staircase that leads down because people thought, no Jackson Avenue ramps, how am I going to get down to Old City? And their whole thought process was, so let's make this a little bit more fun. We got this mural. It's got like a bunch of references to Knoxville in it. They made it sort of this interactive piece. Um, so I think, they're, I think they realized, too, they being the city, downtown Knoxville Alliance, everybody that's... Um, you know, spends time downtown knows that, yeah, there is, it is difficult, similar way to how once you get to the 200 block, it's empty. You don't know where to go. Same thing down here on this corner. So the staircase was a nice idea. It still could be used, but I think you do need a sign. Otherwise it just looks like a nice painted staircase just because it's painted. Doesn't mean I know what's at the end of it. Definitely. So, um, yeah, I'm with you now. Um, downtown core, 
I'm really lumping a bunch of <laughs> neighborhoods together on this one, but I don't think we could really, you know, talk about each little pocket. So let's just talk about the rest of downtown. We talked about Old City 100 block, which the fact that we're putting those separate shows you just how disconnected those areas are that we're thinking about them even in this way for the podcast. But let's talk about the rest of downtown. So can we talk about Market Square? I think Market Square is included in this. You, okay. you can talk you can bring up different areas. I just wanted to make this one big topic of discussion. Okay. I think we might have a similar thought process about Market Square. I think there are times of the year where even if it's a bustling Friday night, Market Square feels empty in the middle. Agreed. Um, It's just, you know, you've got the, the ice skating in the winter, which is great, fills things up. On a Saturday, you've got the farmer's market or, or any number of events. But I think at night, during certain times of the year, it just feels like a concrete slab. So I am proposing some kind of interactive activity or art thing that could be set up in the middle of Market Square, something that's like very photo friendly, something people could enjoy while they're waiting for their table. A lot of times the people you see on Market Square are literally just standing there staring at their phones because they're waiting to get seated. So something that like helps people interact and enjoy and get off their phones while they wait. I like that. I mean, you have the cycling art over at Crooch Park that happens. Bring that into Market Square a little bit. I, I was in Chattanooga recently. Something like this, I think, would be great. Um, they had these, they were considered an art exhibit. I didn't see them at night. I think they lit up. I was there during the day. But it's like these adult seesaws. They were just Ooh. there temporarily. They put them uh, along the river. Put something like that in the middle of Market Square. Maybe cycle it out like you do with the art down at Crooch Park. And you know, keep something exciting going on at all times. I loved when they did the pianos. Um, mm-hmm. And those are still popping up around downtown. But the piano there on the stage... It was a small thing, but I would see people, you know, gathered around. If somebody comes through and can actually play, people would gather around and listen. And, you know, kids that couldn't play would bang on it and have a good time. Um, So, yeah, I like the idea. I like that a lot. I have a few things that I would talk about that are, I don't know if it makes sense for a neighborhood discussion, right? Like, I think Open Container is something that we've talked about enough on this podcast. I think it would be great for um, Market Square. We've talked about permanent seating i believe before i mean if not an art exhibit in the center of market square why not some tables with some string lights make it fun and exciting you know um not just yeah empty and i mean even even there's like a there's like a there's like some benches in market square that are like just big enough for like one butt cheek (laughs) (laughs) that like i think it's like i forget what it's called you know the architecture in which they try to you know keep people from sitting there too long especially Mm. homeless people i mean it feels some of it I think it's called aggressive arc. I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, but like it seems like some of it's almost like discouraging you to sit down there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anywho, so those are things that you know we've talked about before. But I'm going to say, and this is also something we talked about before. But from a neighborhood perspective, as far as we're thinking about, you know, residential and people living down there, and and what could benefit them most. I don't want to sound like an old person again, but I think those noise cameras are an okay idea. <laughs> I think they are. Now, I go what people are going to say. You chose to live in downtown Knoxville. Um, expect some noise. True. But there is a noise ordinance for the city. And so that's where it becomes a problem. Like, I, you know, if I hear a fire truck go by, okay. If I hear, like, the occasional whatever. But if it is a, a, a big problem, you know, why not do the noise cameras? I don't know how they're going to be used. But it is, you know, a lot when you have just, you know, groups of motorcycles just revving for the sake of revving down Gay Street. Um, not only from a neighbor's perspective, but for a visitor's perspective too. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, 
I'm not trying to be the old person and, and you know the old man and say you know you know uh, this is my neighborhood get off get off my lawn but there's a noise ordinance I, I don't know you can tell I'm nervous to talk about this I feel like people are really gonna <laughs> get on me about this one I've seen the comments on the stories so uh, your demographic just went up right? <laughs> well yeah we, we could use it this is a podcast for everybody <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well I have one more uh, talking about Gay Street. We've spent a lot of time reporting on, you know, what are the missing teeth? What are the missing holes in in and around Gay Street that need to be filled to make it feel more full and thriving and complete? Um, I think that the 700 block could really use some love. Uh, the 700 block of Gay Street has some really great businesses there already, like Dazzo's Pizzeria and Hello Tea House. I'm not saying those businesses need to go away. I'm saying those businesses deserve some more exciting uh, architecture and some more exciting um, homes to live in. Uh, and then look to the other side of the 700 block, and you have the Prior Brown Garage, which needs to be torn down and replaced with something better and much more exciting. And I say all that not just because it's an ugly block or whatever. We need to connect essentially the Tennessee Theater to the Bijou Theater. We need to make that corridor more exciting because you're talking about two of the most famous, uh, exciting venues, places to go in downtown Knoxville. And there's just not a feeling of connection between the two. And I would even say the opposite, right? I mean, the the buildings, it's not an ugly block. Some of what, the work that they've done in those 700 block buildings on the front of the buildings, they, they look nice and new and, and fresh. I know the inside of the ones that are that are empty right now, I've heard, need a lot of work. Um, but there's potential. I, I like that little, I like the sort of the brick, uh, you know, section of Gay Street right there. And um, yeah, it's got a lot of potential. So I'm with you on that. Um, but I'm interested what our listeners think. You know, what neighborhood do you live in and what do you think is the biggest opportunity that neighborhood has to become an even better neighborhood? We want to hear it. So reach out to me on Instagram at Knox Scruff or join our Urban Knoxville Facebook group where you can get involved in all of our downtown and surrounding area discussions. You can uh, include your thoughts about what Gay Street needs, what Severe Avenue needs. We'd love to hear from our loyal listeners. And you can also sign up for the Urban Knoxville newsletter to keep up with what's going on around downtown. I write that every Friday. I think Friday at noon, right? It's when it goes out. So, and it's free. And it's free. So knoxnews.com slash newsletters. You can sign up for that and, and other newsletters too. we got all kinds of cool stuff that you can get sent directly to your inbox. And if you want a notification sent directly to your phone every time a new episode drops, uh, hit that like or subscribe button on whatever platform you listen on to get an update uh, it'll be on Monday. That's when we release new episodes. But it'll keep you from refreshing your feed constantly, waiting for that new episode to come out. Um, and if you do not subscribe to Knox News, Knox News is what supports the podcast. And we appreciate the support. So knoxnews.com slash subscribe is the place to see all of our latest offers and sign up for a subscription for unlimited access to all these downtown stories and a whole lot more. We'll see you next week.